Plays versus downloads, why sometimes there's so much of a difference. Adding other content creators, show feeds to your speaker account is a no-no. And your comments. Uh, We got a comment from a game show podcast who gives us some feedback. Well, welcome to the Speaker Live Show. This is episode 127 on September 20th, 2017. Thank you so much for joining us and listening. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the, the head of partnerships at uh, Spreaker and Block Talk Radio. And so thank you for downloading us or just clicking play to listen to the show this week. It's always great to have you back with us. I'm joined again by my co-host, Mr. Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker. And Alex, I have to say, I really like your new cover art on your podcast. It, lo- it looks really, um, really good. Well, thanks, Rob. That is what you call the slick, dazzling veneer of the 1980s. Oh, it is now. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> that's that's my new 80s uh, kind of look. But oh, I'm glad you noticed. Thanks, man. I'm glad you But it's uh, flashy. It's uh, It's got a lot of color in it. It uh, looks... Looks good, sir. Well, thank you. A little, little pizzazz, a little, little panache. Thanks. I appreciate that. Praise from Caesar himself. That's, oh, that's well, good to know. yeah, I, there you go. Well, you, I mean, you got to keep up with the Spreaker Live show. Uh, oh, logo. updates. Pretty, that's right. That's right. Because we pretty spiffy one. Yeah. We recently changed our cover art for this show, too. So, yeah, that's true. And we stream this- you know, I got to say, I, since we're talking about it, I didn't mean to interrupt, but since you mentioned it, you've updated the artwork. But you still haven't updated the intro music. I've noticed, Rob. I remember you. You we did. Did you take a poll? I think people were talking about that. You changed it at one point, but then you went back to the old school, right? Yeah, I didn't actually wind up changing the intro music because uh, I didn't get you know uh, overwhelming feedback that we needed to change it. So it seemed I like should have chimed in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly open to it, and I have accessed a lot of that music through the Epidemic Sounds subscription that uh, Spreaker offers right. to to make some changes there if I wanted to. But uh, it's just something about the consistency of having having the same little jingle at the beginning of the show that kind of people know that they're listening to this show. You know, it's it, there's no confusion. <laughs> Right. And, and also since the logo change, you know, you don't want to hit them with, you know, a diff- too much too quick. Right? Yeah, so that's true. That's yeah. true. We stream this show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So you can always get it there as well as uh, Spreaker has uh, provided us uh, with our own custom apps for this program as well. It's in iOS and Android. So you can get this the Spreaker Live Show apps in the app stores and uh, you can get access to the archives as well as our, our, our live stream uh, right through that app. So go check that out. And Alex, I wanted to bring up another topic. You posted something online uh, based on your comments on last week's show about the, the new media summit. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to express yourself um, because you kind of pulled back on your comments from last week. Yeah, I don't think I've ever made a retraction ever in my life because, as you know, Rob, rarely am I ever wrong. Of course but, not. Um, right. Yeah, you know, this, it happens. But this time, no, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. And I think I jumped the gun or pulled the trigger, so to speak, a little too soon on that show when I went back and really reviewed it. And I put a comment in the actual show notes so people can look at that. But I really got uh, – what's the right word? Uh miffed by the price. I said, that's outrageous to charge the average person who's a podcaster. I thought it was, you know, Mm -hmm. taking advantage of people. But when you really looked at it, it wasn't really for the average podcaster. It was really more for coaches and 
when I say coaches, kind of like life coaches or people who are teachers, authors who have books, uh, speakers, entrepreneurs, business people, things like that, who are trying to leverage a social media brand or presence online and get in front of several high level podcasters. Now, whether or not the podcasters that you saw uh, and that we talked about on that uh, conference were high level, well, I'll leave that to you. But the thrust of the show is for a different audience other than Rob, I would say, the people that listen to the show. I'm not saying we don't have those type of people, right? We do have authors, I know, that listen to the show. But maybe not the same group of people. They don't have podcasts and they're not maybe looking to launch one. So I was initially enraged, that's a better word, by the price because, I, you know, two to three grand I thought was much, quite, quite a bit for a show. But when you found out what this was really doing, it was getting you to book with podcasters who have some high level shows. So mm-hmm. that that's all I'll say on that, Rob. If they want to okay. read the, the note, they can. I put in the show notes. But I think that, you know, I, I think that needs to be said because I had a wrong perception of the show initially. Okay. That's all fair, and I didn't really, really think about that distinction either when we were talking about it. Uh, that the target audience was a little bit different. Now, granted, some of those coaches and authors and speakers and holistic pr- practitioners can be podcasters too, so they can be new people that are s- mm-hmm. starting up, wanting to to become all that through podcasting. So, um, so and I think you know, I, it's probably you know, people can do whatever they they want to do that they can put on these events they can put on summits they can do all the things i was just on on a kind of like a summit type of thing myself just uh just uh, uh yesterday actually um and so it actually airs um uh, later in the week so it's just a matter of kind of just recognizing that people are, are, are going to do a variety of different things online and they're all trying to make money from it so it's up to people to decide whether or not it's worth it for them to to pay that kind of money to get get that benefit so if that benefit is worth it or not but uh and but some anyway. of these websites can be a little confusing as well i mean when you went to the website it was it was very unclear but it did say in the byline walk away with bookings right rob and i said wait walk away with bookings podcasters don't normally go to events to walk away with any kind of a booking no so that's said, true bookings for what you know, yeah. So I said to get on what? these these big name podcasters right. podcasts, right? So that's what hit me later, right? And so, and yeah. then, so once I realized it, went back to the website, and I figured I'd, I'd just let our listeners know. So enough, yeah. That, I, you know, anyway. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Okay. You know? Well, I mean, I think it raises an interesting question. So, uh, and I think we've, I think, mostly addressed them here. Um, yeah, on, I think so. on the show today, I I wanted to talk about a couple different things that have um, come up uh, here over the last week or so that maybe might be helpful to people to kind of think about a little bit as they do their podcast and and uh, think about creating a podcast is the concept of um, plays versus downloads. Um, I know I don't think we've talked about this very much, um, but uh, I think there has been times I, I think I've kind of alluded to these distinctions between plays and downloads that exist on the speaker platform. Um, but different shows have different, uh, different kind of percentage breakouts between those two numbers. Uh, plays are usually, uh, episode plays that happen through Spreaker's platform, uh, specifically through the, the, the apps that exist, uh, through Spreaker, the custom apps, uh, the website, 
and um, any kind of web embeddable players that you would put on your your particular website. There's, I think if you back up and you think about it, there's lots of um, places where people listen to audio content these days. Um, there's places like the Apple podcast app. There's places, um, various websites, the, the show's website, custom apps, listening apps, um, live streaming off of a particular podcasting platform like Spreaker. There's all sorts of places that people can engage in this content and that can be reflected in um, your plays versus downloads. Downloads typically happen on third-party listening uh, platforms like iTunes or the Apple podcast apps, Stitcher, TuneIn, all these kind of things, maybe even to some degree the iHeartRadio platform. But but uh, I think mostly the, um, the iHeartRadio platform is uh, streaming or plays. So, you know, some of these distinctions can be kind of um, determine if you have an account that gives you access to sources uh, or um, lists of uh, locations where the content is actually being consumed from. And there's a ranking chart that exists in a lot of the, the podcasters' stats area on, on the platform that will tell you, you know, these many episodes were listened to in this app or this platform or this website. And, and it kind of helps you kind of determine what's happening with your content. Where are your listeners connecting with your show and how are they, they listening to them? And it, it gives you good insight into, into your listeners' behavior. But, but, but I see uh, some shows have very large plays and very few downloads. And I see other shows that have really big downloads and a small amount of plays. And that's a symptom of different things that are going on with your show. And so, so Alex, I wanted to just bring you into this. And I know I've kind of set the stage here, but I'm sure you've experienced this too with your own show. But um, what do you see with like your own uh, podcast and show that you do on the speaker platform? And how does that break out? And, and does it have an impact on your, your strategy to build audience? Yeah, absolutely. Very good question. I see a huge jump if it's a timely type issue, right? So, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that, anybody can go to Google Trends, right, and find out what people are searching or what's a hot button issue. I'll give you an example. Recently with the race riots that were happening um, and the, the poor woman that was run over by the car, right? Yep. Things like that. When that happened, I did a show talking about my feelings because I talk about society and culture and things like that. So if I do a show like that as it's breaking, right, that let's say it happened that weekend or that day even, it will tend to, I don't want to say go viral because that's lost all meaning nowadays. What does that even mean? You know, a a million or 10 million views or, you know, a hundred thousand, whatever. It will do a lot of views initially during that time frame. When I say views, I mean because it goes out to YouTube, but it's still my podcast. So they're not really viewing anything. They're just listening to it, right? But because it's a hot button issue, a lot of people use YouTube as a search engine. It's the second biggest search engine other than Google. So if they're going to go there and search, you know, what the heck is I keep, I keep hearing about a woman who was run over and there's this race rack going on. People who are searching for it, they might find my podcast and listen to it. And you can even see by the analytics, uh, at least on Google Analytics, at least how long they've listened. But what I'm getting at is, Rob, yes, if I 
see a huge jump in plays and not downloads, I know it's because of YouTube, right? And then I can go to Spreaker Analytics and see where those plays, in fact, came from. They didn't come from iHeartRadio. They didn't come this from Stitcher. They didn't come from iTunes. They came from YouTube, right? I can just see that. Now, let's say it's just a regular show. What I mean by a regular show, just a weekly show that I do on the XM experience that's not related to any hot button issue that's going on at the time. And let's say that gets 100 or 200 plays or in 100 or 200 you know, downloads, which is about where they are for just a normal everyday average show. Then, you know, I know that that's probably not something where I'm getting a lot of interaction on YouTube, right? Where I just get a lot of plays, but not downloads. Now, some shows, and then now I'm going to really confuse the issue, but some shows just again, because I think of the title that I use or the issue or interviews, Rob, sometimes interviews will do very well for downloads for some reason. I think as people want to download it and skip around and just listen to it at their leisure. But that might see a huge jump in downloads. I did an interview recently with a self-protection expert guy. You'll see sometimes a spike in downloads just because people know that guy's name, not necessarily my show or my name. Um, but not necessarily a lot of views on YouTube. So it is very tricky. I, I think there is a strategy that can be used, and this is what I use, and I don't really tell a lot of people about this, but I do. I do use this. This is like kind of like, you know, our, our you know, I guess I, what you and I would say off the mic talk, but we're talking on the mic, Rob. But you and I would be talking about secrets, right? Like, hey, man, this is what I do. Sometimes I will go to Google uh, analytics or Google trends, excuse me, Google trends and just see what's going on. What are people looking up that I'm not really thinking about? Right, Rob. And that'll give me a show idea. And sometimes I'll do a show just knowing that'll bring people to my show because they found it because it was something they were looking for. Uh, so those are some things I do, but a lot of times that's not what I really want to talk about. So I, you know, I only do some of those shows maybe once every couple months, but it does bring in new listeners and I'll see my subscribers kind of go up. So Anyway, that's my two cents, Rob. I don't know what the analytics and everything are for Spreaker Live Show, you know, so I, I don't really know plays versus downloads, but I would assume it's kind of, is it like close to 50-50 for, for an average show? I mean, I yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, the uh, live live part of it is like a third piece of this. So you have uh, live, well, there you go. Right. live numbers, um, and that's the concurrent listeners that are listening to this show or they, they come in and out of this show while, while it's streaming live. Um, and then there's plays and th- those are just click, um, action plays that happen in the apps or on the website or in a web player, um, that, that happen just on the speaker platform. And then there's, and I believe that those numbers are also also include the click plays that happen like off of the iHeartRadio platform as well, um, mm-hmm. because the iHeartRadio platform doesn't doesn't enable downloads, uh, as far as I'm aware of today. Um, so the downloads are happening in like uh, the pot, the Apple Podcast Listening app and and the various podcast catching apps that that enable you to um, automatically or, or request a download. Um, now the Spreaker apps for iOS and Android, um, the Spreaker uh, podcast radio app, and that's the that's the larger app that Spreaker makes. It does enable you to set up an automatic download um, off of a favorited selection in there too. So you do have some downloads that come off of the Spreaker website and off of the mobile apps off of Spreaker as well. So some of these numbers are kind of combined with each other, and you kind of have to know the subtle differences between 
um, distribution that happens in these various platforms. Um, and they're, they're various, you know, uh, ways that people get access to this stuff. It's like people that listen to a show on, let's say Twitter or on Facebook are typically counted as plays. Um, so those are the type of, type of experiences that typically utilize a Spreaker web player. Those are tracked as plays, but uh, if you have a particular account on Spreaker, it's usually, I think, beyond the the pro broadcaster plan. Uh, you can see source links um, or source locations where audio content is being consumed on, you know, for your show. So you can see, you know, that a certain percentage of your listeners were coming from the Apple Podcast app. A certain percentage were coming through a browser like the or they're coming through Stitcher, or they're coming through iHeartRadio, those kind of things. So you can kind of see that broken out. Um, so, so Alex, do you go in and look at the breakdown of your show and, and analyze where that listening is happening, and do you kind of try and go after a particular listening platform if you think that maybe you're underperforming in that platform? So let's say you're trying to build audience in iTunes. Let's say you... Uh, you're showing a disproportionate amount of plays in like the speaker platform, which is, which is all good, but maybe you're seeing a missed opportunity to grow your download number. Yeah. Well, you know, I personally, I don't really care because I'm not really monetizing it in that way where I get paid per the download or the, well, kind of, I guess towards the play, if you consider Google AdSense, but for me personally, and I'm sure I, other listeners have different opinions depending on what they're doing with the show, but I don't really care whether it's a download or a play. And what I mean by that is if it's a download, is that more valuable than a play? And is that what you know advertisers think you know, in the long run? Well, to me, it doesn't really matter. I think that's the, the going theory, right? But to me, it doesn't really matter because I don't really get paid for the download. I get paid for the play. That's where I get even Spreaker, right? If it's on, if you're hosting it on Spreaker and you have the uh, monetization enabled, or if you're doing something like AdSense, like I do as well, or if I'm, you're using promo codes or have sponsors, does it really matter? Like, I guess, I guess if they say, "Well, we want a lot of downloads," well, just because someone downloads it doesn't mean they listen to it, and especially doesn't mean they listen to it to the point where they heard your ad. And I, I'm convinced, Rob. I am just 100% convinced after being a podcast movement and just listening to other shows. And I disabled it, nothing against Spreaker, but I had to disable the, and you can do this, this is what's great about Spreaker, the ads in front of my show, right? Now, I have it run at the end of my show, and I would like to be able to pepper it through an hour-long show, right? Or even a 20-minute show, maybe midway. But I don't like it at the beginning because it just people bail. If you have an ad first that it's nothing related to the show, if it's not a, a host-read type ad, People bail, right? It's just an ad. So that's my own personal thing. When I have ads enabled before my podcast, it, I've seen the numbers go down. So I disabled that. It helped. But if advertisers are going to put more emphasis on the download, Rob, then I would have to rethink my strategy. Yes, I think you're right. But I don't really care right now because I'm getting more bang for my buck. And it's not that much, folks. AdSense is, is sucking wind right now after the AdSense apocalypse. Just go hear my other shows about that. That if I get plays and listens, that's where I'm really getting my my money if I'm trying to monetize it. And I don't know. If, is the sponsor going to care if I say, look, this show got 100 downloads on iTunes, but it got 10,000 plays on YouTube? 
they're not going to hate that, right? That it got 10,000 plays, but they're going to go, oh, no, no, no. We just care about the flipping downloads. Well, then, you know, I can't really help you because I'm not really, that's not the thrust of it for me right now. I'm not, uh, there's no incentive for me, Rob, to make sure they download it. And the only way they're going to download is through iTunes. Spreaker, yes, you can enable it to be downloaded, right? But on I, I'm, I'm on iHeartRadio. I know for a fact you can't download it there. You were asking. I know I can't download at least my show from there. Uh, Stitcher, no, right? You can't tune in. No, you can't. Uh, Google, which nobody cares anymore. The Google Play podcasting or whatever. Nobody, you know. So, and and I bet, I'm just thinking out loud here, Rob, I bet if when Google does uh, unleash some podcasting thing, you'll, you may have to pay for the download, right? Like they're kind of doing with YouTube. So downloads don't mean a whole lot to me, Rob. And here's the other thing. Even if they download it, you don't know if they listen to the show. I've subscribed to so many podcasts that I'm like, I subscribed like a year ago and I open up iTunes for another show and it'll download it, but I never listened to it. And I still haven't listened to it a year later. So what, what's that worth, Rob? What's yeah. that worth? Hundreds I agree. of podcasts I mean, in there, Rob. But a lot of the podcast advertising agencies and companies, uh, that's primarily what they're basing their metrics on is downloads. So, but that may somewhat change with this new Apple metrics that's coming out. Um, People are going to be more concerned so. about how far people are listening into the content. And that's going to have an influence on, just like what you were talking about before, I think it's going to show that it's better to have an early uh, mid-roll insertion or, or an early mid-roll type of host read, not pre-roll positions. I, I'm just thinking that that's probably what the numbers are going to show, is that if you're running a pre-roll position, um, that it's going to impact the, the audience overall. But if you have a mid-roll position, like an early mid-roll within the first two minutes of the content, the hit on listeners isn't going to be as great. So, Well, I think part of it is, is ad, uh, AdSense. Excuse me, YouTube. Well, it is AdSense. YouTube has ruined us all because we're so used to clicking on a video or even maybe a podcast on there, and it has that little, little overlay skip ad after three seconds right <laughs> after th three or four seconds you can skip the ad and yep. you can't do that with podcasts and if i have to listen to a 30 second spot for omaha steaks or something like that i'm, I'm gone rob i'm gone <laughs> you don't want to sit has around nothing and to listen do with to an ad like that okay all right <laughs> or, or cars for kids I'm, I'm gonna hang myself well if it's a public service ad i mean geez i mean you have to listen actually to those, those are right? kind of creative Car, yeah, Cars for Kids is for, for profit. But yeah, no, no, some of the public service ones are kind of creative. I've actually run some of those, right, in my show that are really funny. Anybody can download those for, for free, by the way, um, and but, play them. Yeah. But those are considered yeah. sympathy listens, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. Any, anything's, anything's better than those some of these like totally irrelevant ads that will play in front of some people's shows it's like it's totally irrelevant like sometimes they can be uh, contrary oh here's one I'll give you one Rob I did this one show I, I just gotta say this because I was talking about the hijacking and it, this is it was a controversial subject but this is uh, I forget not hijacking bombing um, or shooting and it wasn't a bombing it was a shooting in San Bernardino I, I broadcast it live anyway they were running Right. And I'm saying on the show, well, I wonder if this is going to be Muslim extremists. Don't want to get too political here. But on the show, a commenter said, hey, Alex, do you know that they're running, you know, date a Muslim website on your like the ad was, would you like to date a Muslim? You know, and nothing against that. Right. But I just the contradiction was stark. It's the San Bernardino shooting. Right. That I'm breaking live as it happens on air. And 
the ads that were running on that very podcast were data. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but I'm just saying how you have no control over these ads and it could be anything that could be completely contradictory. Yeah. Well, that's true. Because the, I lost you there, Rob. <laughs> the ad placement it isn't uh, been thought of in the context of the content, right? So things get a little weird sometimes. <laughs> yeah, a lot weird. <laughs> a lot weird. A lot weird, yeah. I mean, a commenter noticed it, you know, and I'm like, well, if they noticed it, obviously other people noticed it. So Years ago, and I could tell a little story here, I, on my, my Web Talk World radio show that I did, I... I got an advertiser that uh, I was playing more radio spots back in those days and sent me an ad uh, for a, uh, I, I think it was a, like Mail Wiper, which was almost like a, like a malware software program or whatever that I, I, I ran an ad for on my show. And oh. the, uh, the spot that they used had the sound of a flushing toilet in it. So you know, it was part of the context of flushing that uh, that malware out of your system. If you can, right. you, you can imagine the 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 analogy of that, right? Um, <laughs> and having that as part of your uh, your audio experience for your audience, uh, I, it was an eye opening experience for my my ad on that. But uh, did you get? I comments? will probably never do it again. But uh, but but it happened. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, wait. there's nothing better than running an offensive ad to offend all of your audience. <laughs> I don't know that it was Flushing toilets <laughs> totally offensive, other than just the analogy of uh, a toilet flushing on my show. It was uh, I I wouldn't have logically thought that that was something I should probably have in my program. But uh, right. no, I that's was, what I, yeah. yeah, it offended somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It probably shocked probably more people than anything else. It's like, really? A flushing toilet? Yeah. Okay. Whatever, guys. Right? Uh, but anyway. Well, I've heard worse. I've heard more, way more offensive ads. Oh, you have? Like, do you have an example of one? There, there's, yeah. Actually, there's one running out here. Uh, I don't know if I should say the station, but it runs out here on a major station. And it's for an extermination company. And they talk about... How do I say it? Well, I'll just say I have to. There's no other way to say it. They say, oh, those little brown spots that you see. Oh, yeah, that's termite crap. Right. And you're like, wait a second. Did you just say. <laughs> so in other words, they're saying like, oh, yeah, you, you think they're wood shavings or something, I think is how the ad goes. Oh, no, no, that's not what it is. It's term- and you're like, dude, did you really have to just like termite crap? That's exactly what he says. You're like, OK, like, you get a visual when he says it, you know, and you're just like, oh, thanks, man. That's what I needed as I'm eating lunch here. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If the show <laughs> airs right at lunchtime or dinner time, that's actually a really, really good timing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, you just it's some, one of those things you don't want to. No. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's true. Now that we've now that we've lost half our audience. <laughs> yes, exactly. We've we've gone there, haven't we? Yes. So um, so anyway, I also wanted to talk a little about, and we kind of move on from that uh, that, that yeah. topic. But if you have any other comments or questions, I mean, like this show is like fifty fifty plays to downloads, which I guess makes sense to some degree that uh, people um, that are Spreaker content creators um, listen to the show on the Spreaker platform. And then, uh, but a bunch of people that aren't on the speaker platform are listening to this as well. So, so which is, I, I guess, a good distribution. But there's other shows that are like all downloads and very, very little plays on uh, a speaker, which I, I, I don't actually like to see that because 
that that also sometimes means that um, that show is um, not really ori- orienting their show towards listening on the Spreaker platform, which has millions of listeners on it. So there's an opportunity there that's being missed if you have um, a imbalance between plays and downloads. I mean, if you don't have the download part of it built out, then you're probably missing out on you know pushing your audience towards subscribing in iTunes or getting more audience that's uh, part of that whole download area as well. But as it turns out, you know we'll see what happens to downloads. I know a lot of people in the industry don't like downloads because of the very things that we've talked about. It it tends to um, not always be an accurate reflection of um, actual people engaging and listening to your program. So. Um, so we'll see when these new Apple metrics comes out, how it kind of changes the perception of downloads. Um, so, and, and it certainly, I believe it, it will. So, but anyway, I wanted to also talk about another important thing that came up this past week. Um, there was a content creator on the speaker platform, uh, and I'm not going to name who it was or anything like that. I'm not going to give any context to, to who it was that <clears throat> was doing this, but it is an example of something that you shouldn't do. And given the tools that Spreaker provides, uh, it's very easy to to do this. I mean, if you were to get in and create a pro account on the platform, uh, you can um, add shows through the feed, feed as the importer tool, the feed importer tool. Uh, you can add um, other RSS feeds in there to to transfer podcasts off of another platform. Well, that can be used to add other podcasts, right, that are distributed by other people or created by other people to your account on Spreaker. And that's exactly what was happening here. A creator on the Spreaker platform was going out and grabbing RSS feeds from some of the biggest podcasts um, online and importing them into their account and then redistributing those shows. And so that's a serious violation of copyright laws and our terms of service. Because let's say you took the RSS feed from Serial and you dropped it into the feed feed importer tool and added all the episodes from Serial. And then you started promoting that as a location to get the Serial podcast and then submitted that RSS feed into iTunes. You create basically a duplicate um, experience for that podcast that's outside of the content provider. Um, and that is a, a serious issue with really any platform, not just Spreaker's platform, but any any of the podcast hosting platforms. It's it's really a serious no-no. Uh, so Alex, I mean, what's your thought? Before I dive into more details on this, what's your reaction to that kind of an activity? Yeah, I first of all, I admit it was me. No, just yeah, kidding. Right. Our yeah. listeners are like, who was it? I wonder who it was. Who was? No, when you know, when I first saw the show outline, Rob, I just like I couldn't imagine. And now I think listening to what you said, maybe I have an idea and I'll tell you. But I couldn't imagine why someone would want to do this. Right. I'm like, why would someone want to do this? So like, what? What? Yeah. And first I said, well, it's pretty easy to do. You're right. It's not that hard. I don't. But like I never thought about it because I couldn't imagine someone would want to do it. So. But now that I'm listening, you said serial and it's an alternate experience. And so maybe they're just trying to get some money from pre-roll ads or ad, ad, ad rolls, right? Or whatever. AdSense, however they're doing it. I don't know. But I just it seems like so – you're probably not going to get much money. It seems so highly likely that you're going to get caught 
and probably get, you know, your account shut down or even, forget, I mean, forget that, a copyright suit, right? Where someone just slams you with the copyright suit, you know, and it's not like somebody is a fan, right? This seems more nefarious than that, but you, you'll explain, but I mean, who would do this? Like why? Like I could see a fan maybe saying, oh, I really like the show. I'd like, but people can get it anyway. They don't need you to upload it somewhere else. Right. Like some people will take like long radio shows and take short clips and things like that and upload them. You'll see clips of, you know, television shows on YouTube, right? Famous quotes from movies, things like that. That I, I, I kind of understand that, right? A lot of them, they're not making money. It's like they're a fan. But this where they're just stealing the whole RSS feed, like, and is it for the money, Rob? Like what would be the point? It could very well be for, for, for the money. If you turned on the, the monetization services that the speaker provides, then it would automatically insert pre-roll advertising against these other programs. So if you can imagine pulling in all the feeds from CNN or something like that into your account and then turning on monetization and then submitting those RSS feeds into iTunes and driving traffic to your, to your site, you could, uh, you could illegally make make money on that right it just so, seems like you'd get caught so easily well like yeah and the information and, yeah. and that's exactly what happened in this particular instance um all of the all these major content providers and it gets back to what i was talking about earlier about knowing where your sources of listening are coming from these these big media companies are tracking uh where people are listening to their content and they saw I guess to some degree they saw traffic or in the search engines or they saw something that gave them a clue that they're uh, probably they, they did a search in Apple, Apple's podcast listening platform and saw that there was a duplicate instance of their show in the platform. And they just traced it back to the RSS feed and then ran it back to, to our, our platform as the source of the RSS feed for that podcast. And it was a complete duplication of the, of the experience. Um, and as you can imagine, that would be concerning to any kind of major media company that um, has a podcast feeds because they want they want to aggregate all the traffic that they can uh, to their servers so they can monetize it through advertising. Uh, it's a it's a common common thing that they would have an interest in. And if they're seeing duplicate feeds out there, that means that they're splintering their listening audience and not getting credit for those listens, um, and thus it impacts their, their ability to to monetize those programs. That's basically what happened here is that a lot of these media companies were upset at this one particular account on Spreaker. And so we had to take down the whole account. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, they they violated the terms of service. But it just seems to me, again, foolhardy because in order for you to make any kind of money and you have to have a ton of listens or downloads to make it worthwhile – Right. And forget the lawsuit. It's I mean, one copyright infringement could be eleven thousand dollars. This guy had multi guy or girl had multiple. Right. So, I mean, Six, we're talking 60,000, 60,000 episodes were. Oh, in my this, God. T- this person's account. Yeah. Do you know how much did they, they they can't afford it? Right. They'd sue him back into the Stone Age. They'd never see the light of day again. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is if they have to have a like either a website where they're getting a ton of traffic and I don't know how they're promoting it. Or they're using their good name, right? Like CNN or whoever's good name for these podcasts. But people have to search and find it, right? If you're going to make any kind of money, you have to have a lot of listens. So there's no real way to do it without being found, Rob, because, you know, these I mean, it's like in order to be to be seen and come up high in the search engines or be put on some of these aggregators and stuff, you're, you're going to have to 
be highly visible. And once you're highly visible, I mean, these guys aren't stupid. I mean, they deal with this all the kind of stuff all the time. It's like whack-a-mole for these lawyers. They just go around suing the hell out of everybody. And they're finally going to get to you, dummy. Like, like, what was he thinking? Well, it was just kind of a it's a short term hit is what you're trying to do, I guess, um, to generate income for yourself by by doing this. And and that's actually where there's the most uh, risk is that if you earn money from this, that puts you in a whole different kind of copyright law law kind of impact that makes you liable for a lawsuit is if you're making money off it, it's not even just the redistribution part of it is 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 bad enough but when you start when you actually make money on the redistribution it takes goes to a whole nother level <laughs> of seriousness that kind of and it's all easily trackable you know yeah. what i mean like it, yeah. it's like it's so easy to track this stuff with the rss feed so yeah it's that's yeah. just i've never heard of it until today yeah, so if don't even think about trying it because you'll wind up getting discovered and you'll end up losing your account uh, and potentially getting in trouble with um, with uh, the the real content holders. And this also a, this can be an issue that can happen with music as well. Um, it's it's a serious issue that as well. So anyway, that's probably enough of that particular topic. But um, we got some listener uh, feedback. From uh, last last week's show, episode uh, 126. Remember, Alex, we talked about uh, the genre of uh, you know game show podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, well, mm-hmm. there is a podcast out there, the Nerd of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Writes, uh, hi, Rob and Alex. Love the Spreaker Live show. I've been li- listening since I started my own podcast two and a half years ago. I uh, love the knowledge you bring and love Alex's enthusiasm and rants. Keep up the great work. So you got a fan there, Alex. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, you certainly have enthusiasm. And in, <laughs> I try. in the last week's episode, 126, you, you guys mentioned the genre of game show podcasts and wondered if it existed. And he writes, they do. I am the host of the Trivia Geeks Live podcast where we um, have celebrity guests and pair them up with uh, team captains through four rounds of various games and trivia live on YouTube. The points don't really matter as the real goal is to have fun and promote our guests. And so you can check out the show. Um, It looks like on blazingcariboustudios.com. Did I read that right, Alex? That's what it looks like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cariboustudio.com studios with an s.com forward slash shows slash trivia dash geeks forward slash and you can see this in the show notes um and actually i I also have a link to the youtube experience of this as well and the jock and nerd podcast is at jock and nerd.com so you can go check that out if you would like to the nerd uh, thanks for writing us i didn't get an actual name of the person that actually wrote or left this comment, but uh, thanks for leaving a comment. Alex, what's your thought about the whole game show podcast stuff? Yeah, I, well, I'm going to check out their podcast. I haven't heard of this one. Uh, and thanks for the comment. And uh, that's a cool name, the Jock and the Nerd podcast. Not a likely team. I remember <laughs> they used right. to, you know, nerds got beat up by jocks, but I like the uh, title. Right. They got a great website, too, by the way. I got to say, it's a pretty uh, nice, they've got a nice avatar and a nice website. So a good presentation. They're the type of people that we talk about who have uh, put some time and money into their 
their marketing materials. So uh, I look forward to hearing the, the show, guys. Yeah, it'll be great. And thanks for writing us. And thanks for listening to the Speaker Live show this week. It's great to have you with us. Uh, you can certainly send me a comment or you can just post it to the speakerliveshow.com um, destination page. Uh, there's an area in there that you can post comments, but you can certainly send me an email, rob at Spreaker.com. And Alex, what's the best way for a listener to reach out to you? I'm not giving out my contact information this week. They must leave an audio comment. We've they have asked to. For it. We got that one. The other, remember, we got the one the uh, last show. Yeah. We, we will not. I well, Rob will, but I will not address any more comments. I like the one from the jock and the nerd. Thank you. But no longer addressing comments unless it's in audio form, Rob. Oh, for at least really? A month. Wow. Okay. Well, you can send it to me on my email address, Rob at Spreaker dot com. That's with an R. Uh, if you want to send me an MP3 file with that, uh, we'll be happy to play it on the show. So send it on. Oh, I guess they can send me an MP3 file too if they wanted yeah. to. Sorry. So yeah, if they wanted to. Sorry, I didn't mean that. But I mean it must be in audio form. <laughs> Alex at AlexSexton.com. <laughs> I'm just that is true. But if we get a terrific textual comment from you, I, it's going to be too. It's irresistible. I have to. I have to talk about it on the show, Alex. True. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I'm just, I'm really pandering for audio <laughs> comments. I mean, they're podcasters for God's sake. They should be able to turn the flipping mic on. What are y'all scared? Yeah. I don't think one. that they're scared. I don't think that they're scared. That they just I would know. rather you know type it, it up it's because it's easier. Time. It's easier to type it up, right? It would be great to have that audio comment from you and we'll play it on the show and talk about it too. So thank you so much for listening to cool. speaker live show. We appreciate it. And come back and check us out next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern uh, from SpreakerLiveShow.com. And obviously you can get uh, this podcast there anytime. So you don't have to necessarily uh, listen to us live, but it's always great to have you with us. Thank you so much. 